flying around. Little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Cast iron skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Dropping black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Good morning, and welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table. A show dedicated to the people of our community who produce, preserve, and prepare our regional foods. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. That cute little theme song you just heard was performed and arranged by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine. She's gotten to be very popular, and she's even sung on the Grand Old Opry. We're really proud of this young woman, and even more proud to say that she's from Monroe County, Tennessee. Today, we're sitting around the table swapping stories with Robert Guype and his humorous story about working in a pickle factory. Fred Saussman has a neat little easy refrigerator pickle recipe to make any time of the year for gifts or just to enjoy your house. And James Beard, award-winning food writer Ronnie Lundy, has a story that she wrote entitled, You Can't Eat a Deposit Slip. Plus, I've got news of events that involve local food and agriculture right here on the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for your good company, and let's get started. Let's start off with Ronnie Lundy, whose book entitled Vittles has won a James Beard Book Award for the Best Cookbook of 2017. Ronnie is a native of Corbin, Kentucky, and she's been writing about food and music for years and years, and even interviewed Bill Monroe several times at his house. Let's hear now from Ronnie in her story, You Can't Eat a Deposit Slip. This is from Butterbeans to Blackberries, Recipes from the Southern Garden, published in 1999. And this selection is called The Ozarks, April 1995. All of my experiences in Arkansas were marked by the wit, warmth, and hospitality of the folks who made me feel so welcome there and make me long to go back soon. All but one. It is in a mountain town I'd rather not name where I stopped for the night. I've driven long and hard all day, and I'm looking forward to the, quote, curving front porch with handmade rockers, unquote, that made me choose this in out of the half dozen others I'd seen advertised. I want to do nothing so much as to rock back and forth in the growing stillness as the perfect sunny afternoon turns into a sweet, crisp evening. But my host, the owner, has other plans. Although the light is fading quickly between the ridges, he is in a great hurry to move some shrubbery from one side of the porch to the other, the other being directly in front of the chair that I, the only guest at the inn that night, have chosen. 
Chopping at the ground furiously with a hand hoe, he starts unbidden to tell me why such an excellent man as he is in such an unlikely place as this. He's not from the Ozarks, of course. He and his wife have come here from someplace much farther north and much more civilized. He chose this location only because the inn was a bargain price. Saving money has been of the utmost importance to this man ever since his life was changed by a TV wise man who preached about the coming financial Armageddon and the clever investments one could make to avoid it. My host made all the right investments, of course, and then, based on more sage TV advice, moved himself and his wife to this spot which, despite the obvious beauty that soars behind, above, and around him, he finds almost abhorrent. It's the people he tells me. They're peculiar. I mean, they're nice enough, but not too bright, and they don't know how to take care of themselves. Take that fellow there, he says, pointing with his little hand hoe across the field where a rough-looking old pickup truck moves easily down the road, guided by a guy who looks to be about my age in a faded work shirt and a gimme cap. Now that fellow's quite the green thumb, my host says. He's got a big old garden he's always fooling around with at home, and I've offered him a job countless times to come over here and do the landscaping and repair jobs for me. I pay him well, more than minimum wage, but he's just too no-count and lazy. Would rather work in his garden and fiddle around with a bunch of old trucks he's got out in his yard. When I ask, my host owns up that the fellow does do quite a bit of work for his neighbors, fixing their tractors and motors and all. In fact, He's even saved the inn some pretty expensive repair cost on the furnace and generator. You wouldn't believe how little he charged me, my host says with a laugh. Anybody that foolish about money can't have saved a penny in the bank. I don't know what he'll do once the economy crashes. I, of course, know quite well, or at least hope I do, that if the banks fold and the stocks crash and the job market goes flying out the window, a fellow who can grow a field of food for his family and keep the motors running for himself and his friends will fare better than the smartest investor on Wall Street. But here's the funny thing. I'm sure that even if things play out my way, my hosts will have their skin saved. No doubt their generator will keep right on running, the heater will roar and the toilets flush whether they have cash to pay their handy neighbors or not. And if things get real hard, well, some morning they will probably find a box on the big curving porch filled with squash and canned beans, put up corn and cabbage, apples from the orchard, maybe even a jam cake, just like generations of folks who've had hard times in the mountains have found before him. One piece of wisdom the guy in the pickup truck has that my host seems to have missed is this. You can't eat a certificate of deposit, no matter how secure. And if you've just joined us, you've been listening to Ronnie Lundy and her story, you can't eat a deposit slip. More information on Ronnie at RonnieLundy.com. She spells that R-O-N-N-I-L-U-N-D-Y. After the short break, we're going to hear a really funny story about a fella named Robert Gype and an experience that he had while working in a pickle factory. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table is brought to you in part by Magpie's Bakery in downtown North Knoxville, just one block off Broadway on North Central Street. 
and Magpies couldn't be prouder to be featured in the latest issue of Martha Stewart Weddings. The Magpie Holiday Menu is now available on the website, including the apple stack cake made with organic dried apples. Peggy and her crew are taking orders now for weddings for most budgets and the upcoming holidays. Details and ordering information at magpiescakes.com. Since 1992, Magpies Cakes. All butter, all the time. Now let's hear from Robert Guype. He's a writer and born and raised in Kentucky, and he's got this humorous tale about working in a pickle factory. Anyway, they, uh, so I, uh, I worked in a pickle factory, that's right, and I can pack 840 jars of pickles in an eight-hour shift. <laughs> uh, that's documented. In fact, when I was going to get a job for the first time out of college, I went to the library because we didn't have the internet, and uh, and I got a book out on how to write a resume, and it said you should put quantifiable stuff in your resume. <laughs> and I was an English major, and so I'd never done anything quantifiable. <laughs> and, uh, so I put on my resume that I could pack 840 jars <laughs> in an eight-hour period. What I didn't put on my resume was that, um, see, I was working at this place where they paid you by the hour based on your rate of production over the span of a week. So basically what that meant was like, if you packed as hard as you could all day long, all week, you get paid like 10 or $15 an hour. And this Ooh. was in 1987 dollars. <laughs> and so that is a nice chunk of change. Yeah. And so you're supposed to, the thing about our pickle place was is that they were spears and the seeds were all out. So that the uh, discriminating pickle shopper <laughs> could gauge the freshness of the spears so you didn't, buy any gray slimy spears <laughs> and so they couldn't figure out how to get a machine to do that although all summer long people would uh, stand there and watch us pack pickles and try and figure out how to um, replace us <laughs> and, uh, and I'm glad they weren't there the day that uh, we were supposed to wear gloves <laughs> and, uh, but you couldn't pack fast with gloves on. So, uh, so me and you'd get you a partner, and you'd have a stainless steel tray of pickles and of spears. They would. That was their thing too. You'd pack the day they were picked, and so they'd put those pickles in the brine, and then they'd bring a big old fishnet over and lay them out in your tray, and you'd just go to packing. And the way it worked was. Seat out, seat out, seat out, seat out, grab a handful, boom, pop, and then you put them up on the counter, and when you got 12, a checker would come around and pop your car, put a hole in your car. And so, um, so we were chugging along, and I had a hangnail <laughs> about as long as a fishing worm, and so I had a, a Band-Aid over it. Oh. <laughs> 
checker over. I said, buddy, I, um, I think I sent a band-aid through the line. <laughs> and she goes, it's, and remember, this would have been during the period where no American president had yet said the word AIDS, right? This was when we were back in that 87 or whatever. And she, uh, she said, it don't matter. They, uh, they pasteurize them. They get to y'all. So uh, they didn't make me, anyway, so... And if you've just joined us, you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. You just heard Robert Guype talking about working in a pickle factory. We're going to hear from Fred Sossman from Johnson City with a recipe from Lynn Tolley, Jack Daniels' great-great-grandniece. We've been making overnight pickles for over 25 years. There's no canning involved. And you can start enjoying these quickly prepared cucumbers within hours. The recipe is adapted from Jack Daniel's The Spirit of Tennessee Cookbook, published in 1988, and written by Pat Mitchamore and Lynn Tolley. Lynn is the great-grandniece of the famed whiskey maker Jack Daniel. She is his closest surviving relative. Not only does Lynn Tolley know Tennessee whiskey, she knows a whole lot about food with a degree in home economics and nutrition from the University of Georgia. Lynn runs one of Tennessee's finest restaurants, Miss Mary Bobo's Boarding House in Lynchburg, Tennessee, where each table has a local hostess who gets the conversation started by asking all the diners at the table where they're from. Dining at Miss Mary's is a celebration of the goodness of the Tennessee table. To make these overnight pickles, peel and slice about six medium cucumbers and two small onions. In a saucepan, combine the following ingredients. A quarter cup of sugar, one cup of apple cider vinegar or white vinegar, one teaspoon of dill seed, one teaspoon of mustard seed, one teaspoon of celery seed, one tablespoon of salt, and one half teaspoon of cream of tartar. You bring that mixture to a boil and boil it for about one minute. Then pour it over the cucumbers and onions. Pour everything into a non-reactive bowl or jar, cover it, and marinate in the refrigerator overnight. These overnight pickles will be ready to eat the next day. For the Tennessee Farm Table, I'm Fred Sausman. The Community Action Committee Beardsley Community Farm has promoted food security and sustainable urban agriculture through practice, education, and community outreach for 19 years. 
Beardsley Farm grows and donates over 10,000 pounds of produce annually to local food pantries and a women's shelter. The farm additionally offers extensive child, youth, and adult education programming on growing food organically. Beardsley Farm also offers three free garden plots for members of our local community and hosts an urban fruit orchard in Malcolm Martin Park. All of this is made possible by community support and volunteers. Volunteers have the opportunity to learn a wide range of gardening skills such as composting, seed saving, beekeeping, basic construction, and everything in between. Volunteers of all ages and skill levels are needed. And other ways to support the work of Beardsley Farm is to attend special events and fundraisers, such as the second annual Winter Supper at the Old City Wine Bar, December 15th from 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. This dinner will be prepared by Chef Paul Sellis out of Rebel Kitchen. The supper will include some of Beardsley Farm's own produce, sustainably sourced meat from Spring Creek Farm, and a selection of fine wine. The supper will include meat, but there are vegetarian or vegan options, and it will be served promptly at 7 p.m. Proceeds from this dinner will support the farm's mission to address food security issues in Knoxville through produce donations, community gardening, and educational opportunities. Details and ticket information, beardsleyfarm.org. That's spelled B-E-A-R-D-S-L-E-Y farm.org. The Citizens Against the Pellissippi Parkway Extension is hosting their annual holiday potluck on Monday, December 11th at 6 p.m. at the home of John and Susan Keller. John and Susan Keller have farmed in Blount County for over 50 years, and in 2014, John was named by UT Extension as Farmer of the Year. After dinner, the board will hold its regular monthly meeting, and all are welcome to stay and attend. Details about this organization at saveitdon'tpaveit.org. Thank you so much for your great company here today on the Tennessee Farm Table. Hope you can join us again right back here next Saturday at 9 a.m. on the radio dial at WDVX.com out in Knoxville or anytime on our podcast, TennesseeFarmTable.com. Our theme song was written by myself and sung, arranged, and performed by Emmy Sunshine of East Tennessee. More information about Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. That is spelled T-H-E-E-M-I Sunshine.com. We hope you'll reach out and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, and also our podcast on TennesseeFarmTable.com. And please tell your friends about us. We want to say thank you to WDVX Radio out of Knoxville, Tennessee. They are a true community-supported radio station that does not receive funding from universities or government agencies. The community and businesses support WDVX. Through an agreement with WDVX, they are our media partner, and the Tennessee Farm Table Show is broadcast on that station every Saturday at 9 a.m. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.